what is important the important point is uh, the uh, the agastya during valmiki ramayana times ramayana times could only be seen from this southern tip and why because it has gone so far close to the scp south uh, southern celestial pole that it has become a pole star and it perfectly matches with 12209 bc the 13 millennium bc going back to the indian astronomy text the prime meridian uh, you will see multiple descriptions that is going to ujjain or avanti and also then you will find some other places but the three places that you will find time and time again slightly modified is what kurukshetra ujjain lanka and lanka is described as right on the equator and on the prime meridian so think of your cartesian coordinate coordinate system but apply that to the polar coordinate system here so lanka is essentially a point of zero latitude zero longitude it's called niraksha ravana's lanka and where is it that is the question now for many of us that may not be a question at all many of us assume and i think it's reasonable and no issues whatsoever that sri lanka the modern day sri lanka is ravana's lanka in fact when i wrote my uh, book on ramayana the dating of ramayana i did not spend much time researching on the physical location of ravana's lanka and i would say that was the right choice now in some cases the physical location becomes important depending on what particular evidence you are analyzing in my case it did not matter or at least i thought it did not matter and for most part that is true because i could i was focusing only on the astronomy evidence i had 600 close to 600 specific descriptions and as long as it was sort of in a northern hemisphere starting from equator and northern hemisphere that was just fine the kind of evidence i was looking at however i did miss couple of very key pieces of evidence from valmiki ramayana because i had not given much attention to the physical location of ravana's lanka and when it comes into the presentation i'll mention where it is but the very fact i am asking this question and you guys are here to listen to me and i'm giving a presentation on the location of ravana's lanka as if like we haven't figured it out uh, let us see am i the only one and no i am not the only one if you look at the 1988 uh, paper presented by kv ramakrishna rao at uh, one of the uh, conference like indian history congress okay that was in 1988 he summarized uh, 10 different positions for the location of lanka by let's say 10 different researchers okay i'll not go through it but uh, you will see that the place lanka ravana's lanka is imagined anywhere from central india all the way to indonesia to australia and to rest of the uh, hindu mahasagar or indian ocean <clears throat> number of you may be familiar with 
work of uh, Dr. P. V. Vartak. If you are not, um, most of his works were written originally in Marathi, but I would say most of them are translated in English, and I would encourage every one of you to get your hands on his books, and you will find what an amazing treasure house that is, treasure, treasure that is. Now, Dr. P. V. Vartak has also analyzed, and that's what that's what I'm using the word critic, various claims for the location of Lanka that he was aware when he wrote this book, Vastav Ramayan, in around 1980s, early 1980s. And some of the claims that he has critiqued are like MP, Madhya Pradesh, uh, India, Sashti, like that's something uh, on the West Coast, Mumbai itself, guess figure, Borivli. Okay, those of you from Mumbai, you can have a laugh. But somebody even thought Borivli could be Lanka. Odisha, there are places, imagine in Odisha, there are places, imagine in Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, thank you, uh, Andhra Pradesh, and so on. Gujarat, Maharashtra, okay, so these are different places that he has uh, looked at those claims and critiqued them. Now let's look at what is MP India. The Indian archaeologist, frankly, the word archaeologist, they do a lot of hard work. But when it comes to drawing a logical inference, okay, they, they always entertain me, they always amuse me. And this is not a surprise. This is from the time when um, Dr. Sanklia was the uh, head of uh, uh, ASI, you know, the, uh, the Archaeology Survey of India, or at least for a certain region, like maybe the Maharashtra region, whatnot. And uh, this is a paper published in uh, what, uh, 1986. Uh, they are making some arguments. I would ask you to read the paper in the original, not by Sanklia, but uh, maybe the students of Sanklia. And it's a humorous paper. Uh, I will not go into the detail, but again, they were thinking the Lanka is uh, in that Chhattisgarh area. Okay, so this is not something uh, very old. This is uh, relatively recent, okay, last 50 years. <clears throat> now, how is Sri Lanka? What is the history of Sri Lanka and how that came to Sri Lanka? Was it always called Sri Lanka? Well, if you look at the uh, historical records of travelers, of navigators, of people doing commerce uh, and plundering across the Indian Ocean and the Arabian Sea and all the seas. The, it was known as a Simvala Dvipa and the Arabs started calling it Serendip. Now somewhere, you know, the word started transforming and it was called Silon by the Europeans. And the name Sri Lanka that we see, it is as recent as 1972. That is when they, uh, the Ceylon, former Ceylon, now took the name Sri Lanka, all right? If you go 2000 years back, okay, this, this is the work of Ptolemies, like the Greek, Greek, Egyptian uh, travelers and uh, documenters, you know, historical documenters. He calls one place Taproban, okay? And it comes... My, it's my conjecture, and many people have done the conjecture. It comes from Tamraparni, the river Tamraparni in that area, and I'll show you. Taproban, okay, looks not identical, but closer to uh, modern-day Sri Lanka, and that's that's fine. It also shows the mountain ranges, you know, where the mountains are in on the modern Sri Lanka, and so on and so forth. But this is this goes back to say two thousand years. I, I'm talking the time of Ptolemy, okay, two thousand years. But since then, there are many other maps that have emerged. And, you know, so what you see, possibly Sri Lanka is referring to Taproban equal to Sri Lanka. 
but also that place is identified sometime as a sumatra and also a phantom island the, the reason they thought of phantom island some of some of the later geographers is because they couldn't uh, as the map making technology for europeans improved they couldn't find the island the island or the place like taproban where it is shown in the context of india and so on so forth so i don't want you to spend too much time but do notice the location of this taproban with respect to the indian you know it says something india at the top and do notice that location okay and also if you look at this area here in this map especially okay and then there is also a small island here and many islands around so this this map or the origin of these maps could be very ancient even more than 2000 years ago ptolemy might be referring to some old maps and trying to incorporate them in his map making okay so the place called taproban just keep that in mind now let us look at let's come to maybe last 1500 years and look at the indian writers when they are writing in the context of you know i'm i'm not talking geography i'm not talking researchers scientists no these are the people who are writing a poetry writing a drama and things like that so if you go back to like 8 to 12th century and therefore i said say last 1500 years uh, many of these indian writers in their works and these are artworks like a drama poetry but they have distinguished between lanka and simhala okay for example uh, murari in one of his work that is attributed to 9th century he refers to rama flying over simhala dweepa only sometime after leaving lanka so when he is writing some kavya or some drama or a balaramayana work of rajashekhar that is again goes back to 9th 10th century he describes ravana you know ravana as the location of so ravana himself think of in the drama of course describing the location of lanka to south of simhala the simhala being the ceylon or sri lanka the kings of lanka and simhala are separately mentioned at least in that his work of rajashekhar and ravana speaks of simhala king as a person other than himself okay and if you want to read more you can i have provided the reference just continuing with that in another work rajashekara uh, so what he refers to is that while returning to ayodhya rama looks back and points towards lanka as being the capital of a new king vibhishana fine that is correct it is only after the pushpak or the vimana has ascended to the sky and come down that vibhishana points out simvala mandala to sita now again remember this is from 9th 10th century work of rajashekara i'm not referring to valmiki ramayana okay or there is another work by him kavya mimamsa and there also again he distinguishes lanka from simvala with lanka as the rajdhani and simvala as the area of ravana's influence okay so just giving you the uh, the artistic or what you can say literature background now let's quickly look at the geology oceanography and hydrology now before we go there we must keep in mind we are looking at the geology oceanography and also hydrology not of today not of 2000 years ago not of 4000 years ago not of 7000 years ago we are not talking looking at mahabharata time we are going beyond mahabharata time so more than 7500 years ago i will show you the reference from mahabharata uh, so imagine the timing of 14000 years ago 12000 bc we are going to quickly look at india sri lanka ocean levels in 12000 bc and the river channels of tamraparni and vaigai so tamraparni is possibly the reason why that area was known as a taproban 
So this is the southern portion of India along with Sri Lanka if all the water is removed <laughs> and see how it looks. So hopefully you can recognize these places. This is Kerala here, Kochi. Okay, these parts of Tamil Nadu. Okay, this is where uh, Rameshwaram is. Here is where Rameshwaram. Okay, and if you remove the water, although because of water, sometimes we don't see it, you will find that there is not much um, gap here. I mean, in terms of the, um, the what you call the sea, the depth of the sea there is hardly anything. And then we have to look at where we go for a Lanka, which is to say, if you go back 14,000 years ago, Sri Lanka, what we call Sri Lanka today, was connected to the Indian landmass. There is no need of a bridge. There is no need of a, a crossing the ocean, none of that. So if you go to Valmiki Ramayana descriptions, you will find, and I'm going to show, share some, but my uh, goal is to encourage you to uh, take it to the original reading of Valmiki Ramayana. I'm just saying, if you are curious, that's what you may want to do because everything cannot be covered here. So this is the direction that, you know, the, somebody needs to go to Lanka. And I'll show you why I say that. This is so showing the same picture, different uh, angle. Okay, again, you can see that uh, the Sri Lanka, what we call Sri Lanka, is connected uh, to the Indian landmass, especially if you go back uh, 14,000 years ago. Again, we have to look for the Lanka, Ravana's Lanka, in the direction where I'm showing you the arrows. Quickly, what I'm showing you, this is a wonderful work of uh, Professor Somashekhar Ramaswamy, okay, uh, from University in Tamil Nadu. What he has shown right now, where you see number three, is our current land ocean level, you know, uh, the interface. So three is current landline, and then beyond that is the ocean. But if you go back to LGM, last glacial maximum, okay, going back, say, 20,000 years and more, so then you will get to this line number four. That's how far the land was before the ocean began. So just keep that in mind. And now if you come from that 20,000 even all the way to the time of Ramayana, like 14,000 years ago, like 12,000 BC, this whole area was perfectly connected by land. Uh, to Sri Lanka, I mean, to Sri Lanka and India together. What you are seeing here, this is the Tamroparni River path, and this is the Waigai River that comes from Madurai. And then you can see the valleys and their uh, hydrological path into the ocean. Now it is ocean, but at one point there there was there was land and there was civilization and and so on and so forth right there. Okay. Uh, so that's what it's essentially it is showing. So what you see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these are showing the sea levels, ocean levels coming up as the time passed. Okay. So as you go backwards, instead of this as a land land border, you will actually go towards the ocean and it is still land. Okay. And therefore, this area between India and Sri Lanka was connected. Okay. Let's look at the Mahabharata. Now, this is going back 7,500 years ago, 6 millennium BC. What is interesting is 7,000 years ago, at the time of Mahabharata, the, the Mahabharata itself is not very detailed on the descriptions. And therefore, we find two uh, different versions, two broadly speaking, two versions. One is, I'm showing you here, 
This is from the critical edition, Bandarkar Oriental critical edition. So this is before the war. Uh, now Yudhishthir is the king of Indraprastha and he wants to do Rajasuya Yadnya. And he has sent his four brothers in the four direction. That is not the subject today, so I'll not go there. This comes in the Sabha Parva. I have given you exact references. But important point here is the Sadev, who is going in the southern direction. And see, look where I have drawn a bracket for Sadev. And you can quickly, if, if you can read Nagri, you can quickly go through it to see some of the areas that are mentioned. Okay. So Pichadam, Karhatakam, that could be referring to Karnataka. I don't know. Okay, Pandyashtra, Dravidashtra, Samitashtra, Kerala, Andhrasteva, Kalinga. Okay, so the southern portion, not like exactly going in one strip or something. But come down to these highlighted verses, and those are important. Then it says the Madri Sutta, who is that? Sadev. Okay, Brugokacha, which is the Gujarat part. Okay, from there he is going down. And then what does he do? Presha Yamasa Rajendra, Paulus Styaya Mahatmane. Okay, the Vibhishan is a Paulastya, so was Ravana. Okay, he came into the tradition of sage Paulastya. As many of you would know, if not, take it on the word of Shraddha. Vibhishanaya Dharmatma Priti Purva Marindama. So, here, as a part of Rajasuya, they have to get the agreement from the other kings. They should accept the higher status of Yudhishthira and they should also be willing to pay a certain tax. That is the idea behind that Rajasuya Yadna. And of course, sometimes, you know, people, the other kings will do just based on a friendliness, you know, or their good, good connections, even if they are powerful. And so that's a different issue. But here, even Sadev goes to the extent of getting this agreement from Vibhishan. Now, this is not the Vibhishan of a Ramayana times. We are not talking 14,000. This is Vibhishana of a Mahabharata time, okay, 7,500 years ago. It's a seat, you know, just like we say, Prime Minister of India. You know, it can be occupied by some different individuals. Anyways, the point is, they, there are no clear descriptions as to where exactly Lanka is, like Ravana's Lanka, the who went there, and so on. It says, okay, Vibhishan also kind of agreed there, okay? Chasya Pratijagraha Shasanam Purvakam. In very pleasant mood, happily he accepted and gave gifts and so on. This is one version. I would encourage you to read Gita Press Mahabharat and see another version, possibly coming from Southern Edition, whatnot, where there is an elaborate description where Sardev invites Ghatotkarch and Ghatotkarch goes to Lanka on behalf of Sardev. So Sardev actually doesn't go. Okay. And there is, there is some uh, not very clear description again. The reason I'm saying is even 7,500 years ago, it appears that there was no clarity on where was Ravana's Lanka, because Ravana's Lanka, the geographical location of the discussion was even much longer in antiquity, 14,000 years ago. Let's look at what the Valmiki Ramayana has to say. <clears throat> Quickly, I have shown this before, so I'm going to go fast through this. Uh, out of those 600 references, even if you pull, astronomically speaking, like six references, okay? Those six references, out of those six, four refers to the four cardinal points of Ramayana times. And those four references will take you to 13 millennium BC and nowhere else, period. No ifs, no buts. Okay. Those people who still have some sanshay, they should pick up my book and critique it. Literally tear it to pieces, shred it to pieces, you know, metaphorically speaking. Write a critique of it. 
The two additional references out of those six, so four are the cardinal points. The two additional references are so beautiful. They describe the pole stars of the Ramayana times. So in the north, there is a Brahma Rashi, which is Abhijit and Vega. Brahma Rashi, Vishuddhasya, Shuddhasya, Paramarshya, Archishmanta, Prakashante, Dhruvam, Survey, Pradakshinam. All the stars are rotating around the pole star Abhijit or Brahma Rashi. Now, the one that I missed because I did not focus on the location of Lanka was the reference to the south. And that was a reference to uh, Agastya or Canopus becoming the pole star or being a pole star of the time of Ramayana. And one of my co-researcher, Mrs. Rupa Bhatiji, she found out for me or she found out and that additionally corroborates, which is kind of nice, you know, because I missed it, but somebody else found it. And it also takes us to 13 millennium BC, a beautiful reference. Okay, again, it's important for uh, location of Lanka. All right. So the point to take it is we are going back 14,000 years ago and a geography of that time. Now, Sugriv, when he divides the Vanara party in four different groups and one group he sends to the south direction in search of Sita, these are the descriptions Sugriv is sent. Okay, he said start, he always gives a reference point from the central India when he's describing four directions, just like somebody in Delhi, if somebody asks, where do you live? And somebody will say, well, beginning with the Kannad place, take this road and so on, you know, so giving from a central position. So it starts with, he starts describing in the Narmada, but all the way he describes all the area south of Narmada and quickly he brings you, and I'm going to bring you down to that area of a Tamroparni, okay? So here he says, by the way, after you cross these Mountains go to cross the Malaya mountain, then finally you come to the Mahindra mountain. And there he says, Drakshata Aditya Sankasham Agastyam Roshi Sattamam. Then you will able to, then only you will able to see that bright Agastya, bright Canopus, who is as bright as the sun. Okay. And then which area is that? He says, Tamraparnim, Grahajushtam, Tarishatama Nadim, in that area of a Tamraparnim. I don't know if you can see that, but where this uh, arrow, my arrow stops that arrow. That's where, if you see this line where I'm, where my mouse is right now, cursor is, that's the Tamraparni river. Okay. And you can see the rest of it. Now, so let's expand on this area. I'm taking this, borrowing this slide from uh, Mrs. Rupavati's presentation. Here, uh, again, reference to Agastya, but also the position of Agastya. He says, as if Agastya has a one feet here on the Mahindra Parvat, because that's the last point you can see, Agastya. And as if the other feet is all the way into the ocean because Agastya has become a pole star. Okay. Something beautiful scenario. There is a beautiful descriptions of this area. This also matches with the Valmiki Ramayana description of the cave of Swayamprabha. Okay. A guha of a Swayamprabha. And uh, if you again, I would encourage you to go to Valmiki Ramayana, read the descriptions and how treacherous that place was. Beautiful, but treacherous for outsiders. And how the Vanara party got stuck there and Swayamprabha helped them. If you have been to this uh, Kerala Tamil Nadu border, the Tekadi, uh, Tekadi would be a perfect location. And just look at that ghat and, you know, look at the area that you see. Uh, to me, when I, I just draw, I say, okay, that's, that's, that's like a perfect location for the Guha of a Swayamprabha, okay? Like through that area. Again, beautiful descriptions. Again, what is important? The important point is uh, the uh, the Agastya during Valmiki Ramayana times, 
Ramayana times could only be seen from this southern tip. And why? Because it has gone so far close to the SCP, South, Southern Celestial Pole, that it has become a pole star. And it perfectly matches with 12,209 BC, the 13 million BC. Okay. Now let's continue with the Sugriva's description. And now he's saying, mm, okay, so how would you find Ravana's Lanka? He says, Dvipatasya apare pare shatayojana visruta. After this point, after that Mahindra mountain there, you have to go 100 uh, yojana. Now it is very true that the word yojana or certain 100 yojana or 1000 yojana, shatayojana, sasra yojana, Sometimes these are factual distances. Other times these are figurative distances in the sense, oh, it's too far. It's not that far. You know, it's like drive for 15 minutes, drive for an hour. You know, it's like a, said in a figurative sense. So we don't know exactly the distance, but if you take a Shatayojan, then you definitely have to go far, far uh, to the south. Okay, and he says, go into that area that is the Nivasasthan of Ravana and definitely look for Sita in that area. Again, you have to look for in this direction. Why? Based on the Valmiki Ramayana description. One is, of course, the distance of a Shatayojana. But even if you take that as a, as a metaphorical one, or, you know, not like a literal, just a figurative one, look at two, two references. One is when Sugriv describes where Lanka is, okay, how far you have to go and inside the ocean and so on and so forth. Again, you bring back that 14,000 years ago, and you know that the Sri Lanka, modern-day Sri Lanka, is connected completely to India, okay? Because the ocean levels 14,000 years ago were down by 120 to 140 meters. Now, why the range? Of course, that's how the data is. But also, don't forget, while the ocean is one thing, the ocean level is one thing, the land is never steady, okay? There are a lot of activities going on on the land, too, you know, in terms of the subsidence and going down or coming up and so on. Now, these are the descriptions from when Sugriv is describing it. Okay, Sugriv is describing how to go to Lanka to Vanera party. But finally, when Hanuman goes to Lanka, comes back to Kishkinda, and now Ram and Lakshman and Sugriv and everyone with the army, huge army, leaves for Lanka. These are some of the descriptions from a Yuddha Kanda. Okay, how are they going? They are following the path of a Sayya, Sayyasya Malayasya. They are following the Western Ghats, the path of the Sayadris and the going towards Malayasya, Malaya Parvata. Okay. Then where are they going? Mahindra. Okay. Mahindra Matha Samprapya Ramo Rajevalochana. Okay. And they are get, getting to the top of that uh, peak of the Mahindra. We can approximate that with uh, the current place, uh, also called Mahindra Mountain, but also you have this. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a name again, Sampati and his brother Jatayu Park. Okay, think of that area just uh, for approximate purposes. Okay, what 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 I'm referring to in Kerala. Okay, and this description continues. Te Sayam Samati Kramya Malayam Chamahagirim. So remember, if they are going towards like a, a southeast, they don't have to follow this path from Hampi, from Tungabhadra. Okay, they can they can across diagonally okay the geography knowledge geography knowledge of sugriva is amazing okay uh, so they won't have to make that uh, blunder in terms of taking erroneous path and then it says from the top they came down to the ocean now remember 
we are talking of 40,000 years ago. So the ocean level is border is not what we see today. They would have to actually come down and go substantial distance. That's why the Vindhya, you will see Vindhya. Vindhya also means, of course, that we know a proper name Vindhya Parvat. But Vindhya also means the one that divides, okay, one that divides. So Vindhya Parvat, in our case, going from east to west in the Madhya Pradesh area, it divides the north with the south. But uh, therefore, see, you see the Vindhya, the, the areas of that uh, Kerala mountains is also called Vindhya by Sampati and many others. It is said Vindhya in the sense of something that divides. Okay, you can go and look at the meanings. And also keep in mind that that time, this uh, Malaya range is dividing the land substantially because the land that is on the Kerala side is not what we see today, but actually it has gone further into the ocean okay because of the lower sea levels let's quickly look at the astronomy evidence now this comes from all the indian astronomy text okay many astronomy texts now number of you would know that the prime meridian uh, in the ancient times was in india because india was the center of the world in many every ways lanka was the center of the world okay uh, for many reasons for astronomy reasons and even otherwise when ravana was ruling it now we know that the prime meridian, if you can see it here, okay, so un about 150 years ago, less than 200 years ago. But going back to the Indian astronomy text, the prime meridian, uh, you'll see multiple descriptions that is going through Ujjain or Avanti, and also then you will find some other places. But the three places that you will find time and time again, slightly modified, is what? Purukshetra, Ujjain, Lanka. And Lanka is described as right on the equator and on the prime meridian. So think of your Cartesian coordinate, coordinate system, but apply that to the polar coordinate system here. So Lanka is essentially a point of zero latitude, zero longitude. It's called Niraksha. Okay. In, in Surya Siddhanta, it's called Niraksha. You will see the descriptions of Lanka as a reference point for astronomy. In um, uh, Aryabhatiya, you will see that in the... Uh, Lagu Bhaskariya and all, all Indian texts. So what is that verse saying there? It is saying the prime meridian goes through uh, Sthaneshwar, it says. Sthaneshwar is what? Thanesar, Kurukshetra, okay? Sthaneshwar, Vatsyapura, Lanka, Ujjain, and it calls a place called Suralaya, okay? Uh, I have my own conjecture for Suralaya. I'm not going to that today. But uh, it's my conjecture that it is at 40 degree latitude. And there is, it, it has to be at 40 degree, at least as far as my conjecture goes. It is a conjecture, but for a reason. There is an astronomy base to it. There is a geographical base to it. But that is not the subject today. And then Lagu Bhaskariya explains, as you go away from the prime meridian, how much uh, time correction, just like our time zones, Eastern Standard Time Zone, Indian Standard Time Zone, in America, the central time zone, the mountain time zone, Pacific time zone. When do you make that difference? So that is that correction at the bottom that uh, in the Lagu Bhaskari it mentioned that for certain yojanas, how much correction you need to make, a correction of 30 minutes or half a murta and so on and so forth. All right. So again, from all the Indian astronomy text, the location of a Lanka, and it may not always say Ravana's Lanka. Many, actually, majority, majority of the times, it won't say Ravana's Lanka. Just like it won't say Ujjain. Sometimes it will say Avanti. And it will say Sthaneshwar. Sometimes it will say Rohtak. Sometimes it will say Kurukshetra. And it will not specify where exactly. But it's an approximate area that we're looking at. It always, always. And remember, 
uh, two points define the line, three point defines the curve. We have multiple points. It defines our line and it can also define our polar curve. Okay. So again, based on that also, it won't be Sri Lanka. It would actually, just the way picture shows, it will go straight down and we have to go to the equator. Now, the problem is right now where we find, if you draw that prime meridian and look at that point, there is no land there. Okay. If you go west of that, then you find the Malay. Okay, the, the country Malay, whatever uh, you want to call it. Um, but right now, where that zero zero point is, based on the prime meridian and equator, there is no land, and that's our uh, challenge, by the way. Okay, so uh, we have to find out what. Ha assuming this all thing is correct, what happened to that land? So that's why we need. That's why it's an uphill battle in terms of geography research and geology research and so on and so forth. Um, okay, volcanoes, what happened to that? Was it a tsunami, volcano, destruction? There are many theories. Enough of information is there. And I'll mention two researchers who are working very hard on this. One is a very young researcher, 23-year-old Jeevan Rao. And another one is uh, my, one of my co-researchers. Now, Jeevan Rao is my co-researcher too, uh, but Mrs. Rupa Bhatti. She's working on uh, this for a long time. Again, I don't expect necessarily she will have a final answer. But she's working on the book, which is, uh, I am confident that it will be very useful. It's, I think the working title is Tale of Three Cities. And uh, I think Kurukshetra, Avanti, and Lanka. Okay, I think something like that. Quick summary. So Valmiki Ramayana references allude to the southwest, Nairutya. Okay, the Rakshasas are called Nairutyas. Okay, so the Ravanas and his folks are called Rakshasas because of their behavior, by the way. Okay. Not because they are some different species. Ra Ravana comes into the lineage of uh, Rushi Paulaske, by the way. Okay? Um, Nairutya direction for the location of Lanka. Mahabharata, I would say, is at best vague on the exact location of Lanka. Then Indian astronomy text points to Niraksha. You can read Surya Siddhanta, you can read uh, Aryabhatiya, you can read all of the astronomy texts and uh, see that for yourself. Surya Siddhanta beautifully described this. That is the paper we published, uh, not published, we presented at Oxford, uh, that is Mrs. Bhatti and myself, on uh, the two pole stars. So this is now, by the way, nothing from Ramayana. This is purely from Surya Siddhanta. So Surya Siddhanta is recording the memory when the two brightest stars, uh, Brahmarashi on one side, Abhijit, Vega, and uh, Canopus or Agastya on the other side becoming pole stars. And not just one data point, Okay, three, two other data points, and they all three only come together for one timeline, and that's 12,000 BC. Okay, this is purely from Surya Siddhanta. Guess what? The Surya Siddhanta evidence corroborates Ramayana timeline, uh, or Ramayana evidence, and Ramayana timeline corroborates what is stated in Surya Siddhanta. You know, how beautiful. So that Niraksha. That's why I thought of Surya Siddhanta. That is the word Surya Siddhanta text uses. Okay, it's the location of Lanka on the equator and on the prime meridian passing through Jain and Kurukshetra. Again, all astronomy texts used the Lanka as a reference point for astronomy. Do you know why? Because equator is a perfect place to make many observations. Okay, and that has also uh, done some great uh, stuff for that's why Indian astronomy is so precise and accurate. But it has also added some confusion. Because when it says a year began begins with a certain month, you know, which one is referring to? Because in our times in India, we can say oh, that's our uh, spring season or that's our uh, Sharad season. But if you are on the equator, 
Uh, which Sharath season are you referring to? Sharath season for the Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere? And uh, then the Vasanta season, you know, Vasanta Rutu for Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere? So sometimes that has created some confusion, but it, there is a, such a rich information and it needs to be studied well. And it's going to tell us a lot more about uh, the beauty of our Indian astronomy. We are barely scratching the surface. The travels of last 2000 plus years, we looked at the Greek travelers or Greek historians like Ptolemy and their text, uh, also Arab text and how they refer to Sri Lanka and did they distinguish between Lanka and Sri Lanka, Lanka and Simhaladweep. And we do find that many of them do distinguish Lanka from Simhaladweep, which is now Sri Lanka. Indian writers of last say 1200, 1500 years, if you go back, they have also distinguished Lanka from Simhala in their creative arts, such as drama and poetry. And so my point is, let the truth prevail, Satyameva Jayate. Um, but some very funny things that are, came to light recently, even about the uh, integrity of the archaeological evidence that was found. And so in one place, the whole evidence, supposedly the evidence based on which they drew some inferences is now they are saying it's completely lost. There are no records to be found. And so uh, not to blame the archaeologist, it could be uh, uh, a, you know, a bad play by somebody else. So I will end on this note. This is a beautiful painting. You can go and you might, must have seen it if you follow me on the Twitter and uh, Facebook. This is not painting by me. I cannot get anywhere close to this. The, be the best thing I might able to do is just draw that sun or moon okay barely a circle that's as good as i get in, in in doing something in the art or a painting this is by uh, uh by a, a wonderful wonderful painter wonderful devotee okay um zai alamji uh, he's uh, originally from bangladesh based in europe now and uh, so uh when he he want before he wanted to draw this he we, we are we are closely connected and he contacted me, asked me for a landscape and so on. So the landscape I showed him based on the research I shared with you today. And that's why you are seeing those tall mountains uh, in the background. So this is the place where now, well, who you see there, as imagined by the artist, Zaiji, is, uh, uh, of course, Ram, Lakshman. And also uh, we have a Hanuman there. We have a Sugriv and we have possibly Nalur, you know, looking at, you know, climbing on that tree and looking at you know where to build the bridge and so on and uh, mother sita is saying to ravana you don't know rama he's not what you imagine him to be you speak of the sea being an obstacle between him and me but i say to you ravana even if an ocean of stars lay between us my rama would come to find me jay sri ram quickly my book so if you are interested not so much the location of lanka but the dating of Ramayana, then in India, if you are in India, that is the book 12,209 BC from Subbu Publications. You can order online. You can order the whole combo package. You can order individual book. If you are outside India, then Amazon, either you type my name, Nilesh Nilkantho, or you can type the title of the book, slightly different covers. Okay, the historic Ramayana is same as 12,209 BC. I say this in my talk so that people don't ask me questions on Twitter or Facebook. If you still ask them, uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to answer those. Okay, so that's my last slide. A, a very crude or a very layman kind of a question. 
let's say the equator that we spoke about which runs from ujjain kurukshetra and all the way to the 00 point now uh, by the same conjecture when you mentioned that 12000 or 14000 years ago india and lanka were connected is hmm. there a possibility that even let's say is some work being done to prove or disprove that was there a landmass in that area let's say 14000 15000 years ago because that track probably could finally nail it to say whether uh, something was there whether lanka or not we don't know but at least some civilization was there yeah well that that is that is that this whole research that i am referring to oh, okay so, so right sorry. yeah so right now there is no landmass right <laughs> we can just go by boat and find a landmass or sometime you know i mean with uh, google itself you can see sometime you can see the structures that are now underwater but they you can easily do the um bathymetric bath, 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 bath studies and quickly find out you don't have anything like that either now that i'm just giving you as a very uh, broad answer those people who are more involved they 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 are they are finding some more stuff but again you know i mean it's a two things you know we call swarthanuman and pararthanuman okay in a subjective conviction in your own conviction sometimes these researchers right now they are not but they could be convinced that's one thing but then they have to take that and pararthanuman meaning they have to convince you and me right and so first they have to be convinced and right now they don't have anything to grab there uh, so they are working through multiple theories i am aware of those multiple theories but you know uh if we spend too much time on speculation then not everyone understands how the research works and so they may miss misuse that information and start may building up their own theories like that vigraha 40000 year old you know if you have seen that <laughs> and when when that vigraha post comes and I, i'll just use this uh, as a forum any just be assured that somebody sends carelessly and casually and i don't mean you srinivasji you want uh, sends that post to me like as if a big piece of information i immediately put that person on my ignore list mute list or block depending on what it is okay it is a pure waste of time people don't understand if they if they believe it i have no problem with it in their subjective conviction they can believe in whatever the hell they want to believe but they have to go and research it and find the authenticity of it dating and so on okay uh, our civilizational uh, treasure is so vast that we don't need to play these gimmicks to show how brilliant and how deep civilization we have okay so you didn't ask that question but i was just taking that as a chance to say what i want needed to say so thank you thank you very much for the nice presentation and it was quite informative definitely and i am a big fan of yours and i am uh, i i am really inspired by you because i am also a self learning kind of guy and i do read and follow you on various uh, social media platforms including linkedin so my question actually basically was uh, about uh, any archaeological evidence of human bodies actually if they would have been found in kurukshetra i am i am hmm. actually not aware of that because hmm. we, re- we read in gita that uh, Korvas had Akshoini Sena, and which means you have millions of guys. Yeah. Even uh, people uh, exceeding uh, current population of human beings, we can say. Uh, so, no, that is not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the first point is correct, which is to say significant population. And what was your question? What, what archaeologically? What did you say? 
did we found uh, did we find any human body uh, yeah okay i got the i got the question yeah okay good good no that's a great question again i would take this uh, because the answer i'll give you a short answer but the but what we need to do i mean not just use satyendraji all of us almost take this as a excuse to go back to ramayana mahabharata and read it which translation is perfectly fine what you will find is that uh, rugveda mentions two types of burials like you know the burial uh, i mean cremation in the sense of with the fire cremation and gone and also burying of the bodies you know and so the both systems existed at least rugveda talks about it if you look at the mahabharat uh, descriptions you will find uh, ramayana also you find some mixed actually descriptions well, mahabharata times at least the uh, related to the war if just after the war if you see um, everyone was the cremated okay including including the animals and and what not too now that is we can always say well if somebody should have survived but what you are asking uh, it may not be your question but what you are asking is well did we find any body no the answer is we haven't found a body or we have found the bodies you know but i'm saying that's where i want to talk about uh, i'm just i'll take this opportunity to talk about three things shraddha samshaya and jignasa okay so shraddha is what makes us do the work like you said you are a self learner it is the shraddha that makes you do the work okay now the other two axes and they are 90 degree to each other they are orthogonal okay independent uh, so one is a samshay now the samshay should be sandigdha meaning samshay should come out of a deep study of that subject so somebody for example reads whole uh, mahabharata or related portions and still say that person has a doubt that's why i said it may not be your question but if it is your question then i answer to you you read that and you say hmm i still have uh, still i so based on that i think there should we should have found some bodies if you would have read valmiki uh, sorry uh, mahabharata you will uh, you will say actually i don't expect to find any bodies i mean any fossilized things or what not but well still who knows i may find some if so i'm saying that has to be sandigdha which means the doubt should be based on the purva paksha and the third one is the jignasa which is also very important so what if we find a body actually we have but let me put that aside rakhigadi and all those places are very much into that kurukshetra area but so what i'm not saying in a negative sense if we find the body today what are we going to do with it and i'm not saying you don't have a answer to that question i'm saying that question that so prayojana that very potent question should drive this search so i am not in search of any body i mean personally i am not and if somebody starts digging i'm saying why are you guys wasting your time you know unless you tell me what is it that drives you to look for it so somebody right now taking a submarine or doing some studies in the lanka area what we think where lanka is i would say okay the person at least i understand they're trying to look at was there a landmass and at some point it was completely gone okay i don't know how they will find out but science has a ways of doing things so i'm saying that uh, shraddha is important and then also samshaya and uh, samshaya for buddhi and also a saprayojana which means we should have a very potent reason if we find that evidence then it should lead to a revolution so rakhigadi we found some uh, bodies and those rakhigadi goes to 5500 bc so it goes into the mahabharata time so that way you're right now what did we find out of those bodies they they were buried they looked like just like uh, us so okay they were indians now that's a great finding right 
we we dug somewhere in india we found few bodies and they looked like indians ah that's a great piece of information of course i'm not um denigrating what they did that has a value but i'm saying in the what context we use this evidence okay hopefully that answers your question satender ji according to you the sinhala dweep and the lanka were two different things has been described even by ravan uh, am i right uh, no, first thing not according to me okay yeah. so yeah. the particular that separation in the words of ravana yeah that comes from the uh, literature creations like say drama and poetry in the last 1200 to 1500 years okay so uh, do keep in mind that a uh, artist i mean a someone writing a drama or poetry may take license with it right may may put things in a different way kalidas has changed certain things compared to valmiki ramayana narration so they may do that so i don't know but my my only point was going back even 1200 years some of the artists who wrote drama or poetry they are referring they are putting they are making ravana say that these are two different things okay. i don't know what their motivation was or they had some they had access to the information that now we don't have yeah but my uh, addition to this whatever i have said right now is that if at all that has been described by some artists hmm. uh, do we have any evidence suggesting that uh, rama when tra- he traveled to lanka he entered into sinhala dwipa and went through the kingdoms to reach lanka or did he cross over directly from indian landmass by via sea to lanka oh. is there any okay. any such description okay the great question we have limited descriptions in valmiki ramayana okay and as a as a researcher we all of us i mean you know i i compare that with the beggars cannot be choosy we can only use the evidence that is available to us right so we we have to do with whatever we have and i briefly presented it which is to say two places one is sugriva describing southern party how they should proceed the, if you follow those descriptions as if sugriva is saying from think of like a modern day hampi hampi belari area tungabhadra region almost like going straight along the western ghats all the way to kerala south there that's how it appears based on all the description including they getting stuck into the cave of uh, swayamprabha you don't see any area like that on the eastern side pretty flat on that side from andhra pradesh down to tamil nadu then when hanuman comes back to kishkinda with the news and now everyone leaves for uh, lanka again the, i described some uh, description from valmiki ramayana again uh, the descriptions are they are following the western ghats sayadri and then malaya and then mahendra and then from the top peak which is now just for a reference point i said um, a modern days uh, jatayu park if you have seen that in a kerala so think of that approximate area from there they come down to the land towards the ocean and that's when i ended up my today's talk with this uh, painting from uh, zai alamji okay so with a limited evidence we have it is pointing us towards that prime meridian like follow the prime meridian so to say you know and so the location if you want to look at following the prime meridian and thinking of a zero 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 longitude zero latitude that point comes east of malay uh, in the ocean of course and just slightly south of malay that's what that zero zero point will be we we know the yugas like uh, satya yuga and uh, treta yuga dwapara yuga and kali yuga and uh, i'm still in a confusion the kali yuga is said to be the 
smallest one with 432000 years hmm. where we double it to the dwapar yuga with 864000 and then we go further that way yeah. so my simple question is now what we are trying to do this 12209 bce with of the vidha yes. uh how how do we link this for the treta treta yuga where ram is said to be there is my simple question. correct thank you correct correct yeah very good and uh, so i will give a short answer but um, aparna ji that could be uh, whenever you find uh, after all my current talks are done <laughs> maybe in future another sangam talk you know the whole uh, uh, like you know uh, enjoying the yuga in chilada you know that could be the title of the talk okay uh but brief answer if you go to uh, mahabharat uh, mahabharat clearly says multiple places that it is at the intersection of dwapara and kaliyuga if you go to ramayana valmiki ramayana it says it's in a treta yuga so that's that's good now what manjunath ji asked is but hold on everyone knows that uh, kaliyuga is 432000 not such a big deal because we we all think that kaliyuga began just few thousand years ago whatever that few thousand is 5000 7000 whatever doesn't matter i mean at least it doesn't create the biggest problem because people can somehow live with the mahabharata dating okay at least in the context of a yuga as manjunath ji said correctly the problem comes when you add the entire 864000 years of dwapar yuga by the way i have given multiple talks on this yuga already five talks somewhere else so that's why i said i'll keep my answer short and also i i have created three parts on my own youtube channel so please subscribe to my own youtube channel because there i'll be discussing something that i don't always get to get to discuss in forums like this because of the time limitations and specific subject i might be discussing but quickly to answer that now the very uh, so yuga that one particular definition that we pick and we have almost internalized it that a, uh, almost practically i can wake up any indian and everyone here on this uh, talk uh, today and ask uh, what is the length of uh, kaliyuga immediately they will blurt it out 432000 i am i am very confident but that is only one particular definition out of 40 different definitions of yuga just even on the number side the yuga can be one year or four yugas can be in a one year they can be in a five year 12 years 30 years 60 years 1000 2000 3000 4000 12000 21000 26000 26, these are all definitions of yugas are there multiple yugas mahayuga single yuga etc in our ancient narratives okay that's one but yuga has four different types of definitions the yuga means a certain period of time that's it that is clear uh but then we have theoretical definitions of yuga we have philosophical definitions of yuga we have practical definitions of yuga and we have chronological definitions of yuga the problem of we taking this 432000 or twice that is 864000 dwapar is actually one of the theoretical definition do you know what it is it is a purely astronomy based mathematical formulation you will find that in surya siddhanta you will find that in aryabhatiya and you will find that in many other indian astronomy texts and this mathematical formulation was devised is used simply to explain simply to communicate simply to track down the precise and accurate orbital periods of all the grahas it has nothing to do and it was never ever meant to be used 
as a measurement for finding the chronological events of Indian history. But someone somewhere made that mistake, possibly a few hundred years ago, possibly a few thousand years ago. I don't know when. Because you go back even 1500 years ago and people, you can see those references being used. Okay. So what has happened, and so I will encourage you to go and look at my, either my talks at my channel or at Satology and few others. And definitely I will give a talk at uh, Sangam on this Yuga. I call it Yuga Enchilada. <laughs> okay. It has got all this mixture together. We think it's all same Yuga. It is not. There are four different types of yuga. What is happening here to answer your question? We have taken a theoretical type of yuga meant to be a mathematical formulation meant for astronomy purposes to define the precise and accurate orbital periods of planets and graha. And very misleadingly, okay, erroneously, we have used that uh, yuga durations to find other chronological periods of our ancient civilization, ancient itihasa, ancient history. And that is why we have this problem. If we take that problem away, we have no problem. We can still accept that the Ramayana was in Treta Yuga. We can still accept that Mahabharata was at the junction of Dwapara and Kali Yuga. Sorry, long answer. But I know this is like a recurring problem. You know, I, I cannot have any talk without having a question on the Yuga. Okay, it's just not possible. Okay, so thank you, Majinaji. So uh, the one question that I allow on yoga in any talk is done now. So other other questions? Uh, this is more of a thought. I think you might be already thinking or have this thought in mind. So Lanka's coordinate as zero zero. That is more of an astronomically, you know, important thing. So that Correct. you know, because Ujjain was our prime meridian and. We wanted a reference, uh, you know, on the equator relating to that. Now, hmm. if you look at the Google Maps, I think the nearest point landmass that we have for that is Maldives, hmm. uh, yes. which is around 250-300 kilometers away from that. Yeah. Could it be possible that, you know, uh, uh, the literature refer to uh, astronomical point as zero zero, but actually Ravana Slanka was. Yeah. Somewhere in the landmass, which was then above the sea level on stretch of that Maldives island. Right. Okay. Krishna, you made a great point. And yes, actually, it's a very, uh, very brilliant point, by the way. So, uh, you know, like Avanti, the Avanti, Ujjain, that has also changed, you know, like because uh, I, I have a picture, but I can't now uh, pull it to show you that every year the Tropic of Cancer is moving, you know, by a few meters and so on. It is due to the precession, but also due to nutation and also due to the obliquity, you know, the, the obliquity axis. So all that combined, it moves. So yes, those could be the effect. Plus, uh, to Krishnaji's point, that as a, uh, uh, what do you call it? As a purely astronomically zero, zero point would be east of Maldives. But as a figuratively, we can call that area as a Lanka. It is very much a possibility. Again, more research is required because right now the landmass that we have, even if we go down by 120 meters, it's very stiff there. You know, it's like very sharp goes down. It's not like a, if you go below 120, again, the landmass of Maldives increases. It doesn't increase much, you know. So what happened to that and the descriptions of Ravana's Lanka seems to be of a relatively elaborate landmass. Land okay, so still we need to some it partially may answer the question but it's still we need to find out what happened to that uh, that other land that that kind of 
we feel you know it doesn't look like a very small strip of land that was that was lanka but uh, your suggestion is uh, right on the money and so you have you have put the three together the all the three axes of shraddha sanshaya and jidnyasa you have put it together and congratulations and thank you yeah one one just another point is like in addition to i think uh, the points you made where lanka is referred ref- differently than uh, simhala was also i think agastya's travel there is a mention about seven islands that mm. he visits and simhala and lanka are referred you know distinctively and also oh, shrimad bhagavatam also refers to uh, simhala and lanka uh, separately uh, as well Uh, very good told by shuka shuka muni brilliant i mean see again so right on this we have also example like what krishna ji is saying uh, that is the kind of i mean as as we as a civilizational the indic we work towards indic renaissance that's the kind of thing that is required okay so like he pulled from couple agastya muni's where is that uh, so when he said from bhagavat puran shuka goswami and where is that agastya muni anyways uh, you can tell me afterwards or Uh, if you are connected with me krishna ji somewhere else like in social media you can let me know thank you so there is somebody called mr overthinker in the audience and he asks sir i don't know whether it's a question to be asked here or not but i'm just curious about it and thus asking that i have read in an article published in a famous magazine that ayodhya may not be in up but in haryana given the logic that some ancient Indian texts believe that the actual Ayodhya was in Haryana, as Kaushalya oh. ji is believed to have been born in the vicinity of what is modern modern-day Punjab, Haryana. Okay. And it also has a Babri Masjid. So who knows which one is or was the original mosque? This was the statement. Okay. Uh, so it is a statement. So let me uh, uh, let me give a statement on that one. yeah who knows that's that's uh, that's understandable but i would say that is a confusion of the person who is asking but if his name is he has named no, himself no, name the overthinker yeah overthinker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no no uh, he has a good sense of humor or she whoever and uh, that's why but but i think say again that's true for that overthinker who is asking but satyendra ji wrote a note there so i make a may make a quick comment on that and i recognize when you guys ask question it's not like necessarily it's your question i mean you may be perfectly convinced but you are asking the question sometime because somebody ask you the question and you may not know a, a perfect response or you would have given a response and if you are trying to find out is there anything more that i have to add like satyendra ji wrote a note and you can see that so absolutely satyendra ji you are right right on that i i ask the same way i mean i ask the questions those people who know more in the same fashion just like i ask krishna ji but back to this uh why just what he just said there is a some element of truth and i want to quickly come to that but before that you will have some number of you would have also heard this other thing and our tarik fataji talks many times you know for example uh, uh, what is that lahore and kusur so lahore is lover uh, la, and then kusur is a kusha lover kusha and that's why the whole thing happened there and so on important thing to understand is that let's start with ramayana times and ramas we have enough reference enough evidence to tell us from valmiki ramayana the original text um the original as original as it gets that the ayodhya of rama was definitely in the eastern up no ifs no buts okay this is based on the geography and which the different rivers they crossed and so on 
However, also keep in mind that Shatrughna, so Lakshman and his sons, they were split into that area, North Kosala and South Kosala, coming to Chhattisgarh and that area. Uh, and Shatrughna then settled around the Mathura area, if you know, the Madhupuri and so on. And the Bharata and his sons, actually Bharata's sons, where Bharata established them in what we call now modern day Pakistan, okay, in Pushkalavati and uh, Takshashila. That is, that is where they were there. Now, what happens? Over a period of time, their sons and their sons' sons, you know, the kingdoms get split, kingdom get more, and the old name gets reused. That is well known. I mean, how many, how many people have a name Ram and Krishna today on this call? Okay, those names get used. So in that sense, Lavakusha, they were sons of Rama. So they were used again, not a big deal. So uh, the, just because somewhere we see the Babri mask or somewhere we see the some Koshalya's place. No, if you read a Valmiki Ramayana, overthinker, uh, but overthinker, whoever has asked you that question and made you overthink, uh, ask that person and also you. Read Valmiki Ramayana to understand where uh, Koshalya came from, from a Kosala and where is a Kosala and geographic description so on. Quickly, one last point. If you go back into the Ikshwaku dynasty, long back, and I'm talking not just 12,000 BC, that is Rama, Rama's time, but I'm talking of going back to uh, 20,000 BC and 30,000 BC and 40,000 BC. And I'm not using those words casually and carelessly, these numbers. Then you will find that actually the time of Ikshwaku, okay, it is, it was indeed in the Haryana area. So overthinker might be pleased or whatever it is. It was actually the Ikshwaku time was from Haryana area to the extent, again, read Valmiki Ramayana for that. When Dashratha is coming from Kekaya towards Ayodhya, and when he crosses through that area of a Sutudri, which is Satlaj, and then Saraswati, and he says, this is the land of my ancestors. Okay, it is referring to that Ikshwaku dynasty. So at one point, Ikshu, there was a river that he refers to, Ikshumati. And you know what? Everyone knows what Ikshu is? Cane sugar. Okay, the cane sugar plantations and so on and so forth. So yes, originally, if you go back, back to 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 years back, um, many, many Indologists fall from their chairs when I use these numbers, but we have to go by whatever the evidence shows us. Uh, then Ishwaku's timing indeed, or Ishwaku's uh, area uh, of control, area of ruling does go back to that Saraswati region of Haryana, Punjab. We had, uh, I think, Fez Ahmed Khan, and uh, he had traveled from somewhere in Chhattisgarh, which was the hmm. Koshal Pradesh, hmm. to Ayodhya at the time of Shilanyas. To put hmm. in a handful of dust, unke nani hal se. So I believe that it should be uh, Kaushalya's own native village would yeah. be somewhere there in Madhya Pradesh, no? Uh, yes, and and uh, right now and going back, uh, say thousand years, two thousand years, and so on, three thousand years maybe, we do do see the those area as a as a coastal desh, southern coastal, northern coastal. In Mahabharata also, we see the reference to Koshala, like Mithila, Koshala, and that is when the person is going in the eastern direction from Indraprastha, from Hastinapur. But that is not to discount somebody re-establishing certain area and giving that name, right? In, in, in America now, we have Badoda and Surat and India and, and so on, right? And then the Europeans, when they came to America, they brought the city names with them, like Pittsburgh and York, New York, you know, that's a, that's from a York and so Boston and so on. So that's not to be discounted, but we have to go to the right time frame to figure out where that location was. 
there is a clarification from overthinker he said i said it as i read it in a very famous national magazine i would like to i'm i'm surprised nobody asked this question but i would like to ask what of the ram setu because at least till the times of mahabharata because markandeya maharshi he is talking to yudhishthira about uh, ramayana and he says even now the rama setu exists so what may have happened to it did it like over the time did it just erode away due to um, calamities or something that is what i would like to ask okay uh, okay so by the way markandeya rishi uh, and uh, ramayan both valmiki but also markandeya in uh, mahabharata they use the word nala setu okay they use the correct description now uh, where i mentioned today the descriptions during the rajasya yagna where uh, sahadev goes in the southern direction there a one of the pathaved you understand pathaved into the different manuscripts so that when possibly the southern manuscript pathaved there i have seen the word ramasetu not to say that but otherwise the word used is nalasetu rama is our uh, uh, purushottam you know he doesn't need a additional thing if it is a nalasetu let's give the credit where it is due okay okay because if everything rama done done by rama then we get lazy and we think rama and krishna will do everything even in our times okay what we forget is that uh, rama also had a vanara army and then krishna also was that uh, diplomat but he was making arjun fight okay so krishna also needs arjun and rama also needs vanara army so let's not forget that so that's the point now if we would have known as to where exactly that ramasetu is and eroded uh, nalasetu ram ramasetu right now we are thinking i mean majority of the people are thinking the land mass between uh, sri lanka and india okay and uh, i don't want to give a impression that i have any problem with the sri lanka as a lanka i don't have any problem by the way i actually gave a, a recent uh, recently few months ago a talk to the tourism department government of sri lanka okay on on the tourism related to ravana see there is also we need to separate sometime the uh, what you call the devotional aspect of it that is because of the devotional aspects i mean you know uh, uh, shivalinga i mean you say kedarnath okay kedarnath up in the himalayas but i can tell you i'll show you kedarnath in the area i came from maharashtra i have seen many kedarnath mandir you know so we will we will have that our mandir there rameshwar mandir you know i i grew up in a village there was a mandir called rameshwar <laughs> okay but that was nowhere close to tamil nadu so what i'm saying is for a devotional purposes it's a different different thing so in that sense like people enjoy in a certain way many of the places people can show many of the places related to ramayana in in sri lanka but guess what uh, the, the places related to jatayu are also shown in the maharashtra are also shown in a, a kerala also shown in the karnataka and also shown in andhra pradesh with that devotion people want to don't want to always travel from one place to another to do it so these places emerge over time but, but back to you that was not your question if we if we could have found the eroded structure of a nalasetu ramasetu and we we know for sure that that is it then we, we would be very close to solving the problem of location of lanka right also it is very important because you asked that question and it's important for everyone to actually go to valmiki ramayana and see the descriptions of the nalasetu how it was built what was the material used because that will tell you if you are doing archaeological survey what to look for because if you don't read valmiki ramayana and just start digging somewhere and going underwater okay it will be just uh, digging at the wrong place as 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 i like to say or in the wrong fashion 
I just want to add one thing like uh, about sugarcane you have mentioned. So mm. even in the present time nearby the Ayodhya ji, we have lots of uh, heavy cropping of the sugarcane and it's a very mm. good reason to grow that one. It's just one thing. My question was different. Yeah. Uh, my question was that like Ram need to make the Ram Setu to reach mm. the Lanka. But Ravan has attacked several places. So why yeah. and he used to come to Indian continent. So why he has not made any bridge? Hmm. Very good. I, I wouldn't give a detailed answer because many other uh, good researchers have given an answer in the sense that uh, they were go- Ravana might be going for different reasons. Of course, Ravana was much more powerful. That is one thing. Uh, Ravana had, uh, he was on the island. So he was uh, more savvy in terms of uh, navigating the ocean. Uh, big uh, armada, I mean, we would imagine, we don't see many descriptions of it. We see conquering the world, but we don't see necessary descriptions of the boats and what kind of boats and so on and so forth, number one. And here they had, see here they were away from, I mean, Rama and, but also Sugriva, they are much away from their original location where they are going to. So they are going to enemy's uh, land to attack and they need to make sure that they are all together. So these are the descriptions I have heard. I'm just simply repeating it to you. So that could be the reason why they, and they had to take all the ammunition, whatever that they had, they had to take it with that. Of course, Wanderers were fighting with trees and stones, uh, but still, whatever it was. So that that is the answer I have heard. I don't know what the answer is, but definitely now the question would have come, who, who gives them the boats there? Okay. Uh, like in the, when they crossed Ganga Yamuna, there was uh, this local king who provided the boats. And if you, again, I would encourage you to read those descriptions as to how much of an army it was, the Bharata's army and whatnot, how many people uh, crossed the um, crossed the river and so on. So that could be the reason why they did it. Now, what is interesting is when I gave a talk sometimes some other place, and do you know what happened? Some people say, but hold on, you're talking this 12,000 BC and we don't have any civilization. Again, people are so damn lazy that they don't do any research of their own. This is not all of your question. Huh? I'm just going on a totally different subject, but related to this. And the reason I'm saying is uh, that person asked the question and I said, you have to go and find the evidence and you'll find the evidence. I just said this. And in two days, just two days, the paper of uh, Professor Somasundar Ramaswamy came out. Okay. This is on the Pumpuhar. Okay. If you notice, and he's talking about the ports, a very sophisticated ports existing on the eastern coast, the Tamil Nadu area, going back to 20,000 years, just two days after this discussion, okay? And I'm saying the timing cannot be cannot be better. And so how the water flooding in came, you know, the first Pumpuhar was gone, then second one was gone, third one was gone. And again, that evidence also perfectly matches with the Ramayana timing, but perfectly matches with the Mahabharata timing. So yes, Alokji, again, that wasn't your question. Uh, but yes, that is a short answer. Uh, but please, if you read uh, answers of other uh, Ramayana researchers, they have uh, speculated as to why he built a bridge. And I I don't know the answer. Valmik Ramayana says that he did build a bridge. <laughs> so let's definitely find out where it is and where is Lanka. Uh, 